Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew and Knuckles. I'm Andrew. And I'm Knuckles. Uh, Kelly couldn't be with us today, sadly, but um, we have Knuckles to fill in the gap. Yeah. I really like looking for em- the Chaos Emeralds. That's you, Knuckles. This is a very special guest. We should have probably advertised this. <laughs> it's psych. It's Kelly. <gasps> Oh, what disappointment. I couldn't tell because my camera's off, so I didn't even know who I was talking to. I know. I bet I got you guys really good. Yeah. Well, speaking of Knuckles, since we don't have him today, sadly, uh, let's hop right in. How about it? Let's do it. So our boy, the Hedgehog Man himself, Sonic, has joined Minecraft. It's true. (laughs) this is kind of cute so you know they add skins all the time they did with they have mario skins they have they have all the skins i'm not even gonna list them tons of video game icons have joined minecraft this one's special though because it's not just a sonic skin it's a ton of sonic characters and also a bunch of unique like gameplay stuff like a bunch of different uh gameplay styles and um it's just really interesting that this is not just some skin. This is a legitimate like DLC pack, and I'm quite impressed. It's already out, so if you are interested in in Minecraft and or Sonic the Hedgehog, I recommend going to check out the trailer. At the very least, check out the trailer because it's very cute and made me giggle a whole lot. It is cute, and it's it's like a celebration, right? Thirty yeah. years of Sonic. Thirty years. He's older than a lot of people. <sighs> That's true. He's older than me. I wasn't going to say it, but... Well, somebody had to. Yeah. I also could have said he was older than me, but I didn't want to divulge my age to the audience, you know? Oh, right. Well, I don't care. Didn't we establish that you're extremely old last week? Yeah. I'm actually, like, immortal. Like, 600 years old, but... Oh. I'm perpetually trapped as a 20-something. 20... You almost revealed... Right there, the age. I did. It was 20. So it's either four or five. So Or. Or. or? None of the above. Oh. 21. 20 fun. (laughs) 20 fun. (laughs) More like 20 final fantasy. Wow, that was a really good transition into our next bit of news, which (laughs) is that Final Fantasy IX has an animated series um, being produced right now around the end of 2021, early 2022. I never played, well, no, I never played Nine, but I recognize Vivi (laughs) from Kingdom Hearts. I never finished Nine, but I do recognize that it is the most, maybe not the most, it's one of the most critically loved still to this day of the final fantasy series yeah i yeah. like six seven eight nine no not nine i'm sorry six seven <laughs> eight those three were like my and then ten, ten so you just two. skipped nine yeah well i feel like nine didn't really get because eight was like squall yeah and renoa and then i feel like nine just didn't really get the the hype no because i mean uh it's probably just because seven was such a cultural phenomenon and eight kind of stuck to that that futuristic fantasy you know and then nine stepped back into that classic fantasy style and even brought in like the job system and stuff from the old game so that probably like in a sense it pushed it out of the the final fantasy lexicon in a lot of ways because you know from seven onwards and even six, arguably, it was very like futuristic kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So going back to that fantasy element might have have made it feel separate. But it's still extremely critically acclaimed, and I never ever would have guessed it was going to get an animated series. Yeah, I do feel like it's kind of random, but sometimes I think that stuff that is kind of like unexpected tends to be better in that regard, anyway. Like super mainstream. Like I'm very concerned about the Last of Us miniseries or series. I'm very concerned about the Uncharted movies. Like those big popular IPs. I feel like I get nervous about 
them being translated into a different format, whereas like something that's a little bit less. That's very fair. Because like Castlevania, Castlevania is what comes to mind for me, because like Castlevania for all, all intents and purposes was like a dead franchise. Um, and then Netflix decided or they announced they were going to make an animated show. And it's like, well, there's not really like stakes or expectations at this point. So they were kind of able to go out and do their own thing. And I feel like picking Final Fantasy IX is probably one of the better choices. Because if like they pick seven or like 15, like one of the ones that's being thought about a lot right now, it would probably be impossible to like reach what people would expect from that. But with nine, they're probably a lot more free to do creatively whatever they please. Yeah. Yeah, there's not as many steaks, but there are more lobsters. See, that sounds like it was supposed to be a transition, and I'm just so flabbergasted <laughs> because it, cause our next story, uh, fun fact, has nothing to do with lobsters. <laughs> I was thinking of, like, the food. Yeah, no. Steak and lobster, like surf yeah, and turf. Completely understood. Just confused as to <laughs> the intent because, you know. I don't even know where you're going. Did you have a transition or should I just go to the next thing? No, but I'm sure I'm not dreading the next thing. I'm not even going to tell the story anymore. <laughs> I don't I don't think it deserves airwaves anymore. Okay, in all seriousness, uh, so last week we talked about how Metroid Dread was the top-selling video game on Amazon's uh, video game charts after E3, while GameStop has now released their top 10 games that were pre-ordered after E3 conferences. Um, most of them are pretty, you know, pretty basic stuff. There's just a, few, a good few Nintendo games in here, but stuff that was already known about, so it doesn't really, it's nothing shocking. But number one was Metroid Dread. I share the same sentiment I did last week of surprise, because I really, like, I expect this game to do pretty well, but I wouldn't expect it to be number one. Like, Far Cry 6 is on this list, and it's number seven. Yeah, I think people are more hyped for Metroid Dread than any other game because some of the big games that they revealed at E3, I felt like were kind of like, mm, am I going to pre-order this? I don't know. I think people have more faith in like the Metroid team than they do in like the Far Cry team or anything like that. I guess it's probably like a combination, a combination of the fact that this game has it's very, very long awaited. It is coming soon. And it just looks like a really good, unique, finished game. Maybe not unique to Metroid games, but it has been a very long time since there has been one. So in that sense, it feels unique. Yeah, agreed. I'm excited. This game needs to succeed. So seeing it top all these lists, I have far more hope that the series is going to is going to explode in popularity with this release as opposed to flounder. Yes. Ooh, flounder. That's a good word. Yeah. It, they also are in the ocean, just like lobsters. Ugh. Way to tie it all together. Yeah. That's where we were going. That's the whole time that was the plan. Everything that we say on Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew and Knuckles is deliberate. Yep. That was all Knuckles, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Knuckles wrote that one down in our script, even though he couldn't be with us today. He has great comedic timing. Yes. So, speaking of <laughs> comedic timing. What? No, I'm sorry. It doesn't work. No. Uh, Warner Brothers is selling its game studio Playdemic mobile games to EA, um, valued at $1.4 billion. Sorry, billion with a B. Billion. Um, yeah. That's... Uh, that's pretty much all that we've got. I mean, Warner Brothers is fusing with uh, Discovery. We talked pretty extensively about this probably like three or four weeks ago now because of that acquisition. We really, there was a lot of uncertainty about where video game studios were going to end up. But the fact that they have confirmed like, nah, we're selling this one and that's it. That's it. Which I guess makes sense because they they make what? Golf Clash? Which yes. To Golf be, Clash, to be frank, to be frank, I've never heard of. Well, to be Jim, I have heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so I actually haven't. I have not heard of it. Oh. 
I just wanted to be contrarian. Oh, okay, good. And I wanted to get that joke in real quick. It made me chuckle. That's good. But anyway, it makes sense that, I mean, most of the other studios that they have work on Warner Brothers IP. Like, they work on, like, Mar or not Marvel. What am I saying? They work on DC video games. They work on Lord of the Rings video games. So it would make sense that they want to hold on to the studios that can, you know, further value, bring further value to those IPs. But at the same time, like, I really didn't expect Discovery to care about video games that much. But I guess they probably have some consultants that are like, no, 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 you, you still want to keep these. Yeah. But I'm probably I, savvy I, enough to have that sort of um, guidance. By savvy, do you mean rich? Yeah. They are definitely <laughs> rich enough. Yeah. Kelly, did you get COVID-19? Did I get it? Did you get COVID-19? I think I may have. Well, okay. Not to be like indie, but I think I had it before it like blew up. Before I think I had it like the end of 2019, early 2020, because I went to the doctor because I was having a lot of lung issues and coughing issues. And she was like, oh, yeah, this was like January 2020. She was like, oh, yeah, we've had a ton of people come in with respiratory issues. And I was like, no biggie. And then like two months later, I was like, oh. That might have been, that might have been me. I think maybe I had it and then it like spurned it. Maybe I'm oversharing, but I think I had it. And then I think it might have like spurned into an infection because antibiotics made it go away. Oh. And then when I got the shot, the vaccine, um, I was really wiped. I was really wiped out for the day after, but Okay. It sounds like you probably did. And and I have a theory about that, actually. Do you want to hear? What is your theory? I think you had out your cellular device and you were playing Pokemon Go. Mm -hmm. And and that's what made you contract COVID-19. That's true. Do you Team think Mystic. my theory? Oh, okay. Well, okay. Hold on. That definitely enhances my theory. Wait, I don't know, though. I think it, I think that's I what happened. I I don't know. I it's I don't know the other two teams though. I'm on the other Valor? one and I don't remember. Valor right. and Mystic. No, you said Mystic. Mystic, yeah. Valor, Mystic and Was it Valor? The, the blue. Valor's yellow. Mm. Mystic is blue. Mystic is blue. Yeah, yeah. And red is Valor. So yellow is something else. Yeah. So Pokemon anyway, Pokemon Go gave me COVID. Yeah. Uh, so because Pokemon Go was giving so many people COVID, they decided during the pandemic to increase some restrictions, not increase, introduce some restrictions that made it actually easier for people to play. So you didn't have to go out of your house to get everything. You know, you could get your buddy would bring you your buddy Pokemon would bring you some items still. And you could in, you could interact with different Pokestops and gyms without having to be as close um, I actually was playing a ton of Pokemon Go at the heart of the pandemic, and these features were extremely nice because, like, I didn't want to go anywhere. Um, and it's just nice that I was able to play, first of all, from home, which is impossible otherwise, and also to be able to, like, go to public places that are outside and not have to walk all close to it. Because, like, you know, I play in places where a lot of people are playing, and if there's, like, a central Poke stop. Everybody's going there. Everybody's going to the gym to fight this raid. It's nice that you didn't have to step nearly as close and be near people. Um, but also a lot of these features, um, like not having to be as close or getting items automatically, really made this game more accessible to people with, like, physical disabilities or things restricting them from leaving the house as much. So this it was pretty widely acclaimed, all of these things. People loved the fact that you could play Pokemon Go regardless of some restrictions in your life, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, they're getting rid of them. They're bringing back Pokemon Go how it was. So they're going to start giving COVID again. People are going to get COVID from Pokemon Go. I shouldn't say that. That company's owned by Google, and they probably are scanning this episode to make sure I'm not speaking ill of them. Yeah, we're going to get ripped <laughs> off of Google Pod or Apple Pod or Google Podcasts. I don't know why that took three tries when you said it correctly. <laughs> First try. <laughs> I don't know either. 
I was like, I knew it was Google, and then I was like, but maybe it's Apple. <laughs> it's like, no, it's literally Google. The word Google got said like three times before you said that, too. <laughs> I'm doing my best, okay? But I think this is a bad thing, though. I think it's ridiculous if, if these features were helping people. They could roll back some features, you know, but the fact that this game became more accessible to people who, who have disabilities and such, I think they, they should just hold on to these things, you know? Like, you could change some of the features back now that the world has is largely going back to normal at some kind of pace. I think it's fair to change make some changes, but like to just undo everything. I don't know. I think they should step back and take a closer look and realize that Regardless of pandemic, they introduced things that were helping people, and people want to play this game, so why not let them? Right. I agree. It can't be a money thing, because They're wouldn't it make sense it. for more people to be playing from their couches anyway, or from their homes anyway? I mean, I don't know. It's just a little questionable to me. I, but I'm, I'm not a businessman, so I no. don't know. I mean, neither of us are, but... That's true. It's also Google, and they're making many 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 millions of dollars so i don't think that this will make a huge difference for them that's why i'm extremely confused yeah i don't get the needing to be close to pokestops thing i know and sometimes like, i feel like if you're not in a city it's like really hard well yeah like if you go to like a college campus and stuff like some places are just difficult to get close to you know mm-hmm. or if you're playing like during a regular school day even in the future like there are places that are just busy that you don't want to get near Especially because people are going to maintain a lot of cautious, a lot of caution in their lives. So, right. We'll see. I don't realistically think there will be any serious backlash because Pokemon Go players gonna be going regardless. So, that's true. They're gonna be Pokemon going. If only they had some sort of game pass to do that with. Yeah, like game one that pass. you wear around your neck. Yeah, exactly. Perhaps. One that is now having Bug Fables, <laughs> Gang Beasts, Limbo, Going Under, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, and Worms Rumble, perhaps? That's remarkably specific, Kelly. Thank you. Those games are now available on Game Pass for Microsoft, wow. Xbox One, Xbox One X, Xbox Series X. <laughs> you forgot the S's in there. Xbox Pro. <laughs> um, that's all I have to say. I played Limbo a long time ago when it came out. I haven't. I'm actually, I'm going to play it soon once it launches. I believe it's launching in a couple days here. It's kind of spooky. I mean, I played Inside and loved it. So, like, I'm excited to go back to play Dead's earlier game. Limbo kind of reminds me of um, Little Nightmares. They're like the same style, almost not style, but they're the same like creepy. You're very tiny. You're very tiny. The world is very big and scary. Yeah. Yeah. No, I am a fan of that genre and it's not overcrowded. So I'm also very excited for Bug Fables. Do you know about that game, Kelly? No. <laughs> do you like do you know the classic Paper Mario like oh, Paper yeah. Mario N64 and then Thousand Year Door? Yeah, it's that. It's just one of those games. Oh, so it has like the turn based RPG with like after you do an attack, you time your button presses to increase damage. Right. It's all in paper style. It's all That's goofy so and funny. And now it's on Game Pass. What was the Paper Mario game that was on GameCube? That wasn't Thousand, Thousand Year Door. It was Thousand Year Door. Was there one on the Wii? Yes, Super Paper Mario. So was that the one with the Dementio? Like two... He was like a clown. Yeah. I loved that game. Yeah. No, this is not that. <laughs> I know, but bringing my Super Mario lore onto the podcast. I do like Super Paper Mario as well. I think it's a little bit of shame that like the the classic RPG style of Paper Mario is gone. So, you know, as some indie developers, the one that has to carry that torch, so be it. And it looks really nice. If you haven't seen Bug Fables and are interested in that RPG formula, story-based combat, not combat, what am I saying? Story-based uh, game, I recommend looking up the trailer for that. It's very pretty. It's very what cute. If- what if you're afraid of bugs? Mm, well, they're very big, so no, not like that doesn't scary. comfort me. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is, they are like all human sized and have like humanoid features. Still, it's not. And they're cute. They're cartoony. All right, all right. 
they got big eyes, but not like spooky big eyes like spiders, like spooky big eyes like not spooky. Heard. With big ears. (laughs) We're rolling out all the big transitions that lead into nothing because the next thing also has nothing to do with ears. (laughs) This But you should listen. Oh. With your big ears. You do not have big ears, audience. You have perfect ears. Your ears are perfect, mm-hmm. audience. Your ears are a little big. <laughs> Just We're going to offend our audience, Kelly. <laughs> I have really out. tiny ears, actually. Well, why don't you just brag to our big-eared audience? Then they're very small. Yeah. Kelly is showing me her ears right now. <laughs> <laughs> they're disproportionately small. It's amazing con- I can hear anything. The content of this show is was never on the rails, but now we are so far from the rails that we have forgotten what they are. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm sorry. What's the next piece of news, Andrew? Nintendo and Masahiro Sakurai had a presentation morning of this recording on June 28th to show off the new Smash character, Kazuya Mishima, who is joining Smash tomorrow, which, if you are listening to this on release day, is today, June 29th. They showed off all of his moves, how he functions. Uh, oh boy, I made comments to my friends that he's going to hurt my thumbs because every fighting game character in Smash has some like weird mechanics and I have to press the buttons harder. Not because it requires that, but because my brain requires me to press it harder to understand what I'm doing. <laughs> so there's right. like a huge, he has more moves than basically every other Smash character because he has like a lot of directional inputs that no other Smash character does, uh, he will not be accessible. He will not be somebody that anybody can just hop in and play, which is, you know, take that as you will. I'm excited because like I've played all 80-something characters so avidly that I'm like, I, if somebody complicated joins the game, cool. Um, Mr. Sakurai confirmed that this this is the second-to-last DLC fighter and the last fighter of... This fighter pass two will be the last. There will be no more DLC after this, um, which I thought was surprising because this is just such a money maker for Nintendo, and also feels like every showcase they have now is like everybody's like oh, Smash. Everybody tunes in for Smash, and it's always like at least one good thing happens because they announce a Smash character. But yeah, yeah, I imagine it's getting hard to balance the game though. Oh yeah, I can't even imagine. But uh, I'm very excited for this character. I'm um, a moderate Tekken fan. Far from experienced, but it'll be exciting to see somebody from that series joining. They showed off a an amiibo for Min Min, who was the first character of Fighter Pass 2. That is coming in 2022. It looks so cute. I mean, I just think Min Min's cute, but but that amiibo looks really nice. And they're getting like too good at making amiibos, and now they just look like the character models like printed in real life. Like, do you remember, like, the 2014 Wave 1 Amiibos that looked like, like, Link looked like his hair was, like, one putty mush on his head? Yeah, they looked like, like, toys that you would find in the toy aisle (laughs) of Target or Walmart. Oh, that's a good example, because they have a lot of, like, weird-faced figures there. Yeah, like, the painting... It's not quite right. Like one of the eyes is like over here and there's Slightly like lower. a little bit of yellow hair, like the paint from the yellow hair, like on the forehead. Yeah. It's that's just, what they used to be like. Yeah. Something's just not happening correctly there. And now they all look impeccable and it's kind of ridiculous how good they look. Yeah. They're like figures now. Yeah. But that's coming 2022, presumably. The rest of this fighter's pass, which includes um, Sephiroth, Kazuya Mishima, Pyra, Pyra and Mithra, whoever the sixth one is, and then, of course, the most complicated design and most exciting character, Steve from Minecraft. Woo! I'm going to buy three of those. Steve! Woo! And then... Um... Oh! That's my Steve impression. You can cut that out. I won't. No, I'm going to actually turn up the volume so loud that it hurts our... It's going to hurt our audience's big ears. 
Oh! <laughs> I think they're getting better. They are. No, I'm, I'm glad that we are continuing this. Yes. Anyway, they ended off the show by showing off the new Mii Fighter skins. Usually you expect some Mii Fighters based on the the series being represented in the DLC, so I expected a bunch of Tekken Fighters, and we did not get that. We instead got Lloyd Irving from Tales of Symphonia, who was in the Wii U version, so that was by far the least surprising. We got the Dragonborn from Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Um, we got Shantae from Shantae, um, which are all a little bit disappointing because that means that they will not be fighters. So, uh, and then most disappointingly for me, because this was my number one hope for a character in Smash, Dante from Devil May Cry will be added as a me fighter costume. Boo! Yeah. How could they do this? I mean, we don't know who this last character is going to be, because that's really going to tell us, like, you know, if it's some, like, dud, then we're really going to be like, well, why didn't you use Dante? Why'd you make him a me fighter? But I guess I'm glad he's in the game in any capacity, as with Shantae and Skyrim boy. <laughs> but... More like the stinky born. (laughs) P-U. Why? I don't know. Because they don't have showers in Skyrim, probably. Probably, yeah. It's a very reasonable thing to assume, actually. I'll use my Nern Root soap. That's what they do. Oh. Well, he's going to be the stinkiest Smash character. Actually. That's probably not true. I feel like Bowser's pretty stinky. Here's what we're going to do. And I'm not talking about the president of Nintendo North America. No, he looks like he smells very good, actually. Not like a creepy way, just like a... Like he... Not a creepy way, I promise. Mine's in a creepy way. Oh. My sentiment. Oh. oh. Well, here's, <laughs> what, here's what we're going to do, Kelly. Because we have a little extra time today, and, and this is something I just decided now. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to this page that I've shared with you. Okay. Which is the... Um, the list of all characters in Super Smash Brothers. Yes. And we're going to very, very quickly go down. Uh, we're going to start at one. And we're going to go speed round, okay? So I'm going to say the name, and you're going to tell me how much they stink out of ten. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yes. Mario. Three. Donkey Kong. Ten. Wait, Lame. ten's the stinkiest, right? Yes. Yeah, there yeah, can yeah. only be one ten, actually. What? Okay, okay I lied. Night and for Donkey I lied. Never mind. We haven't established he's ruled very well. He could be a 10. Okay. Donkey Kong's 10. Okay. okay. We have to speed this up, though. Link. Yeah. Five. Samus. Two. Dark Samus. One. Yoshi. Six. Kirby. Zero. Fox. Eight. Pikachu. Zero. Luigi. One. Ness. <laughs> <laughs> Ness is zero. Captain Falcon. Ten. Jigglypuff. Four. Peach. Two. Daisy. Three. <laughs> Bowser. Ten. <laughs> Ice Climbers. Seven. She- wow. Sheik. Zero. Zelda. Zero. Dr. Mario. Five. Pichu. Two. Falco. Nine. Marth. <laughs> Marth. One. Lucina. Zero. Young Link. Eight. Ganondorf. Nine. Mewtwo. Nine. Roy. Four. Krom. Zero. Mr. Game and Watch. Zero. <laughs> Meta Knight. Zero. Pit. Zero. Dark Pit. One. Zero Suit Samus. Zero. Wario. I think this is fairly obvious. Seven. His his primary move is farting. Yeah, but it doesn't smell bad. <laughs> Snake. Six. Ike. Seven. Squirtle. Zero. Ivysaur. Two. Charizard. 
Four. The Pokemon trainer. Probably like a f- three. Female Pokemon trainer. Two. Diddy Kong. Ten. Lucas. Two. Sonic. Ten. <laughs> King All those chili dogs. Ooh. King DDD. Ten. Olimar. Five. Lucario. Seven. Rob. Zero. Toon Link. Zero. Wolf. Eight. Villager. Four. Mega Man. Zero. We Fit Trainer. Six. Rosalina. Zero. Little Mac. Eight. Greninja. Four. Palutena. Zero. Pac-Man. Two. Robin. Four. Shulk. Four. Bowser Jr. Eight. Duck Hunt. Three. <laughs> Ryu. Nine. Ken. Nine. <laughs> Cloud. Five. Corin. Six. Lady Corin. Six. Bayonetta. Zero. Yeah. Inkling. Four. <laughs> Ridley. Ten. Simon Belmont. Seven. Richter Belmont. Seven. King K. Rule. Two. Wow. That might be the most surprising one so far. <laughs> <laughs> King K. Rule has good, good cleanliness. Isabel. Zero. Incineroar. Eight. Piranha Plant. Uh, t- uh, s- uh, s- uh, five. <laughs> Joker. One. Dragon Quest Hero. One. Banjo and Kazooie. Eight. Terry. Nine. Byleth. Three. Lady Byleth. Four. <laughs> She's a stinky girl. Min Min. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm not cutting it. Min Min. Uh, two. Steve. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> Sephiroth. Seven. Pyra. Two. Mithra. Two. Kazuya Mishima. Ten. Okay. That has been the 81 Smash characters. 81 have been rated for their smelliness. I'm pretty sure we're the only ones who have done that. I'm pretty sure you're right. Like, the internet's a big place, but I have this feeling. Me too. So, you're probably pretty tired, Kelly, but but I don't care. So, tell me, <laughs> what, you- <laughs> tell me what you've been playing this week, Kelly. So, excuse me. <laughs> I've been drinking some McDonald's Sprite, so it's very crisp. Um, so, this week, I've been playing Mass Effect Andromeda still on pc now so i basically just started a new playthrough on pc and just got caught up to where i was and then you know surpassed that um the nice thing about playing on pc is i've been using mods which i do think improve the game a lot in terms of like just like quality of life stuff and i like the physical i like the mods where you can like change your companion's appearances and change your own appearance a little bit more just to make it a little bit more customizable but that's really the case with any game for me i like mods a lot um, I, as I play it on the PC and as I like take more time with it than I did when I first played it, when it launched in 2017, um, I'm really enjoying it just because I feel like I am taking my time and I'm ignoring the stuff that I, cause sometimes with games, I like to like really do everything that I can, but with this one, there's a lot of like just tedious tasks so like ignoring that stuff and like focusing on what i want to do is is really like made the experience more enjoyable um i wish that the backlash hadn't been so bad against the game so that they could like upkeep it or they could have upkept it with like dlc and like more patches and stuff like that because there were like patches to improve performance and bug fix and and fix textures stuff like that but they, I feel like they had some really cool DLC planned just based on like internet rumors and what's in the game as like teases. 
And I'm very disappointed that we never got that. So that's kind of like where I'm at with uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. I kind of want to put a point on it because I feel like I've been talking about it for like three weeks now. I mean, it's an interesting game to because you just played the Legendary Edition. So you have a very, you know, a very fresh perspective on what a PS4 Mass Effect could look like. And going back to that game that I feel like all of the or at least a vast majority of the negativity has kind of faded on. You can look at it with fresh eyes because when you first played it, it was like difficult to even discuss it without, you know, being bombarded with all this negativity, which, you know, EA earned that negativity. But then the Internet was just incapable of even discussing the game because of it. Right. Agreed. I, it's it's really unfortunate because I think if a lot of people went back and played it now in the state that it's in now, they would probably enjoy themselves. Um, I think what is disappointing is it did feel like there was a setup to another like to a sequel for Andromeda it feels Which like that was happen, right it, right and I feel like that was set up quite nicely but because of all the backlash that didn't happen which I like to sort of compare it to and this is kind of a hard comparison to make because the original trilogy had already happened so the quality stuff doesn't compare but like the first Mass Effect game Mass Effect Andromeda I mean the storytelling is not quite equal, but I do feel like the character, the characters, if you just looked at them in Mass Effect 1, you'd be like, these characters are kind of, kind of boring. You know, they don't really flourish until the second and third game. Whereas Andromeda, I feel like the characters did flourish in the first game, which is, you know, especially like, and this, I feel like this is always kind of the case with these games, but especially like the alien characters, they're really fun and enjoyable versus like the humans who are kind of like, eh. So if this game was like a trilogy, you really think it could have turned into something special? I do. Yeah. Or even just two games, I feel like they could have really redeemed themselves in the second one. But who knows what the plan is for Mass Effect 5? Maybe it'll be some great convergence or something. Ooh. That would I be pretty interesting. We'll probably find out soon. Yeah. But I am going to start Hades on the Switch next week <gasps> because I would like to talk about a different game. <laughs> because I feel like all I've been talking about is Mass Effect, like even way back at the beginning. So, well, you you did play an entire series. It's not like you were playing one five hour game for eight weeks or whatever. That's true. And I, you know, I was looking around yesterday on Steam for like maybe something small I could play, but I don't know. I was looking through the dating sims because I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of weird. I like to play dating sims and like make bad choices but i don't uh, steam's um like top selling dating sims uh not really for me <laughs> a little icky maybe maybe a little bit icky a lot of like uh you know nsfw oh right? well i have good news because hades has some mild dating elements and they are not they are safe for work what It'd be strange if you played it at work, but you technically probably could. I'm excited. I like the character design in Hades a lot. It reminds me of, um, like, Shin Megami Tensei style. Ooh, yeah. So yeah. I'm very excited to dive in. Get ready. I got very addicted to that at the beginning of this year. It was very good. Um, the audience cannot see, but Kelly is currently diving head first into her camera. It's very exciting. You can hear the noises she's making to demonstrate <laughs> it, but I'll tell you the visuals were very great too. All right. It's our last one. Okay. Oh, we were lied to. This is like the Steve noise all over again. <laughs> Andrew, what have you been playing? <laughs> I've had a, a decently busy week, a lot of a lot of quick experiences, but lots to talk about. So uh, yesterday at time of recording on June 27th, they released a demo for Neo, The World Ends With You, which is the sequel to The World Ends With You. Um, I have played World Ends With You, but I did not finish it. I enjoyed what I played, though. I was very shocked and excited to see that there was a sequel coming. And then... Um, with the latest trailer that they released, they announced that the demo was coming a month before the game came out, 
So I went ahead and played that demo. I was shocked at the length. It's like two hours long, which is, you know, for a demo, very impressive. And your data carries over so you can play that demo and then and then use that save data to start playing the main game right from where you left off. Um, I will say the number of characters that the game introduces right at the start is like extremely overwhelming. Um, and I was unclear on certain characters' names because they would show their like actual name on screen briefly, and then they would be called by like their nickname from their friend or something. And I'd be like, wait, what's your name? Um, which might be my fault because I didn't have subtitles on because I don't like subtitles. And those would have helped enormously. But hey, it's my choice, I guess. My my mistake, some might say. Um, but the combat is pretty simple on the surface, but there's like a party system going where you can do multiple attacks at once with multiple buttons. And there's definitely a lot of depth with like how you can plan strategically and how you enter battles and stuff. Uh, if you've seen anything from the first game, you know a lot about the visual style of this game. It's extremely like... It's extremely stark and exaggerated. It's kind of like street art inspired. Uh, so like an anime combination with like graffiti art. It's very gorgeous to look at. And this game is definitely a huge step up from the Nintendo DS game. Um, and if you're at all interested, this demo does a really good job of showing what this game is like all about. And it will let you know if you're interested. If you like this demo, you will all... In all in all likelihood, you will like the main game as well. And if you don't like the demo, there's a very good chance that you aren't interested in the game. I think a lot more developers should do this because, first of all, it was a healthy chunk of the game, like two hours. I felt like I actually played the opening of this game. And also, I know now that I'm interested in this game. Like before, I wasn't 100% because the trailers weren't the best at showing it, you know. Very few trailers are perfect at showing games. But uh, now I know that I am interested because I was able to play such a sizable chunk of it. Yes, I I really like the um, style. I'd recommend checking it out. Maybe I will. Um, and that was not the only thing I played this week. Uh, last week we talked about VR and our and the fact that I have an Oculus Quest Two that I never play, but for anything but Beat Saber. And uh, shortly after that discussion. Um, where I was feeling quite attacked by a certain Kelly. Um, oh. <laughs> not actually at Hold all. Hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just felt guilty owning a thing that I only used for one purpose. It'd be like if I bought a PS5 and I'm like, I only play Astrobot. Well, that is the case for some of us. <laughs> His name is Kelly. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say Knuckles. Oh. Yeah, him too. Yeah. And Minecraft, the the Sonic pack specifically, right? Um, but anyway, uh, Oculus Store had a a summer sale going, so I went ahead and I made three purchases. The first game that I played was called Journey of the Gods. It is an Oculus made game. Um, it is like a sword fighting, arrow shooting, shield wielding game. It just feels good to have a sword that like feels one to one that you're swinging in VR at creatures and the only sword games i've played have been a little underwhelming and i ended up like not wanting to play anymore either i didn't purchase the game after the demo or just like didn't want to play anymore so this game really does a pretty good job i'm not a huge fan of the visuals they're extremely simple um but this was also on the oculus quest one and they were trying not to you know push the system too much so um but it's effective for what it's trying to do um Next game that I got was called I Expect You to Die. It is a a spy game. It's a little... <laughs> We're getting quite the reaction from Kelly, who looks very, <laughs> very threatened. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> well, you should be if you play this game, because uh, you will die. In real life? Yeah. There's like oh a man that appears behind you. <laughs> <laughs> the Grim Reaper. <laughs> But uh, this is the only game I've played that said I have to sit still while I played. Or, like, sit in a chair, I should say. So I pulled a chair into the middle of my VR space, which I felt very goofy doing. Um, but it's, like, a puzzler that responds to, like, experimentation and stuff. So, like, you push a button to see what happens, and sometimes it will kill you. And you'll never really know until you press it what's going to do exactly. But you're solving a bunch of different puzzles, um... The solutions are never like super easy to figure out so like you will die but that's kind of the fun part is because the, the deaths are usually pretty goofy 
And also the puzzles are extremely, like, the whole puzzle, start to finish, is about, like, under five minutes, generally. So if you die, you're not like, oh, I have to redo this whole long thing. It's, like, kind of fun to be like, oh, okay, I know how I died there. Now I can get better at the first part and stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, it was pretty funny, too. And the opening sequence was, like, so the whole game has a nice visual style, but the opening sequence specifically is, like, this, like, red and black style and a lot of like two-dimensional images traveling in 3d space it really utilizes the vr element pretty well and it really got me intrigued instantly um it's a pretty short game i only played for like an hour and i think i'm about halfway in um and if you're really good at puzzles which i'm not it might be even quicker but um like i said i got this one on sale so i do not regret it at all and the last vr game i played that i am very excited about is called robo recall um it's kind of house of the dead like it's like an on-rail shooter in some senses except you control the rails i guess so you might just say a shooter (laughs) Um, (laughs) but it's super fast paced it makes you feel like really talented even when you're not doing great um you can reach down to your hip to pull guns off of it and then like shoot a bunch and then it takes a certain amount of time to reload and then you just drop your guns and grab another pair then you can also later get guns on your backs on your back you only have one back um vr does not add extra backs sorry if i got anybody excited but it's just fun like i pull two pistols off my hip and i'm just like bang bang shoot at these robots that are running at me and then i'm like oh no i'm out of ammo or like oh no there's a few of them running at me now and i just throw the guns at them to like stun them a little bit and reach onto my back and pull off two shotguns and then bang bang with those it's very fun and then one walks close to me and i'm like no so i grab him by the chest and just like i can rip his head off and it feels very good. And then I chuck the head at another person and it feels very good. Or sometimes they'll get close and I'll just grab them and just bash them into the ground. And it's very well designed so that you can bash them in the ga- ground without getting actually close to the physical real world ground. Because otherwise I'd be punching the ground by accident a whole lot. Right. But it's very fun to just have these robots running at you, trying to take them all out, physically grabbing them and using them as weapons against their friends. It's all super fast paced. The graphics are really clean and nice looking. This is probably the best looking VR game I've played so far. That's not a guarantee that it's the best looking one, but it's the best one I've played. And I was very happy and felt very cool while I was playing it. That The way you're talking about it, it kind of reminds me of Super Hot. Did you ever play yeah. that game? Like how you can like throw things when you're done with them. Yeah. Just be like, I... oh, I'm done with this gun. <laughs> You know how in Super Hot, when you slow down, like everything pauses and you kind of have time to like be like, okay, what do I want to do next? Mm -hmm. Like, how do I want to look cool next? Um, This game doesn't slow down. It basically is just like, no, don't stop. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. This is stressful. But like, and I got shot like a whole bunch and missed a whole bunch of shots and stuff. But like the way it's designed still made me feel like I was cool while Mm -hmm. I did it. So it's like super hot, but like it doesn't stop. It just keeps going. There's no breaks to think. Um, it's less challenging than Super Hot, granted, because Super Hot's whole thing is how you can die in one shot. But this game's much more about score chasing and having a good time while you play. That sounds fun. It was very fun. I highly recommend it if you have the Quest 2. It's on sale right now at the time of this release, but if you're listening to this later, it's still reasonably priced, so go ahead and check that out. Keep an eye out for a sale, maybe. There's a lot of sales going on right now. The Steam yeah. Summer Sale is going on right now. And now you got a PC, so you can you can take part in that. I know. I almost bought. <laughs> so, like, when I first bought Andromeda on the PC, it was like $30. Two weeks later, it goes on sale. Do you know how much it is now? $5. It's $8. Oh, that's pretty close. Yeah. But I bought it for 30 so, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm very sorry for your loss. It's all right. <sighs> you could also... I feel like Microsoft needs to start paying me. You could also get on Game Pass, pay $1 for three months, and that also includes Andromeda. I know. So I think everybody should get Game Pass. I know. I'm just shilling for Microsoft. <laughs> I, I got my Xbox, my first Microsoft product ever, less or Microsoft video game product, I should say, less than a year ago. And now I'm just like, this is the best. Everybody needs this. I know Massive uh, Master Chief has his like gun to your head and he's like behind the screen. You guys can't see it right now, but uh 
Andrew's being threatened by Master Chief as we speak. Don't worry, I'll crop it into the thumbnail. <laughs> I'm not going to because that sounds quite challenging. Actually, right. maybe we sh we'll see. You'll know, audience, because it either will be there or it won't. Look down at your phone and you'll find out very, very quickly. Right. The answer will be clear very soon. Yes. Well, that's been another episode of Talking Games. It was a good one. It was uh, It went directions. I don't think we expected. It was a smelly one. It was a smelly one. We made fun of people's ears way more than I anticipated. Yeah, sorry. You I'm probably still... don't have big ears. I just... Uh... Oh, are you retracting your insult? Yeah. Live on I'm the just, air right now. I was feeling a little bit angry earlier, so I About took it what? out on you guys, and I'm really sorry for that. What was making you angry? Um, I don't know. Was it the Pokemon Go giving you COVID? Probably, yeah. I was thinking about how I risked my lung capacity just to catch Raichu. Was it at least Alolan or was it regular Raichu? It was regular. Is Raichu your favorite Pokemon or something? No. No? He was just literally the first Pokemon I thought of. Oh, you're not a big Pokemon Go player? No. Just specifically that day that you got COVID. Yeah. I wanted to get back into it, and this is what I get in return. Coincidence? I think not. I think not. Well, everybody, thank you for tuning in. This has been another episode. We'll see you next week. We shall see you soon. And Knuckles mm -hmm. says bye too, by the way. Oh, oh, hey, Knuckles, do you want to, do you want to, Knuckles? Yes. Oh, that's not what I anticipated. Um, I'm really surprised that you answered. Um, do you have anything you want to say to the audience before we, before we tune out? Thanks for listening, and bye. Thanks. How about you, Kelly? Do you got anything to say? Yep. Thanks for listening, and bye. All right, everybody. See you <laughs> next week. Bye.